Howdy. Rob Lee here with a special message from the fine folks at the Night Owl Gallery. Night Owl Gallery is an intimate artist-run exhibition space and shop featuring emerging Baltimore artists in the heart of the Highland Town Arts District. Here, you will find one-of-a-kind gifts, handcrafted jewelry, and home decor items, along with a few vintage treasures. Located in the rear of 248 South Conklin Street, across from Sally O's, Night Owl Gallery is a unique space that brings together owner Beth Ann Wilson's love of art, community, and culture. Additionally, Night Owl Gallery hosts an array of arts and crafting workshops throughout the year and participates in and hosts community events, many of which are free and open to the public. You're invited to visit in person or online at www.nightowl.gallery. You're invited to join us on Friday, August 5th from 5 to 9 at Night Owl Gallery for the debut of Alive, a show featuring new work by Lookford Baltimore, a.k.a. Gray Dillon. Dillon is a recent graduate of the Baltimore Design School and will be attending Maryland Institute College of Art in the fall. Seamlessly melding street art and fine art, Dillon's body of work is a kaleidoscope of colorful abstractions reflecting on what it means to be alive. The opening reception will take place during the first Friday Highland Town Art Walk and will feature musical performances by Ange the Alien, Basic the Basis, and more. Alive will be on view at Night Owl Gallery through the end of August. Visit www.nightowl.gallery for details. Welcome to The Truth in This Art. I am your host, Rob Lee. And today, I have the privilege of being in conversation with an award-winning artist whose paintings come from ideas that are satirical, playful, and at times serious. Please welcome Jeffrey Felton Green. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. Glad to have you on here. to be here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm glad we were able to, to make this work. And um, I want to start off with... Um, just kind of like one of those general questions that I think that you ask artists, you ask creatives, mm-hmm. tell us about your process. <laughs> okay. And, um, and in it, I, I think, um, if, if you will, uh, tell me about how you stimulate your imagination too, because that's a piece of your process, right? Mm-hmm. It is, it is. Um, well, for, um, the process, I like to, uh, look at images, uh, say anywhere where it can be on the internet, it can be, just walking down the street. I'm a master gardener as well. So I'm out there in the garden. Um, And I like what really strikes me a lot is when there's images that make me think such as racial images from the past. So I'll take those images and I'll flip them and I'll say, bring more positive information or these positive um, um, say theme for them instead of it being where it once was. So yeah. that's what I would like to do. And I just most recently did a painting. Um, I took Angel Mama and I flipped her and I, I, I call her now uh, Teresa Green. So she's holding a, a baby and she's just, you know, just being herself, you know, and I, I just totally took her away from where she um, say what was. And I decided to uh, say, put her in that that particular area. So uh, my process is is such as that I'm just looking at different ways of trying to express myself and I'm trying to bring more positive into the world because there's so much negativity out there. And um, I'm just one voice of many, I'm sure that trying to uh, turn the tide on, on what's going on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I think a lot of times I, I remember having this conversation um, early in this 
in this season of, of interviews, like the first one. And I was talking to um, a, a black photographer and, you know, he's like, you know, kind of set off mic. He was like, yeah, you know, sometimes people look at my work and they want me to take certain elements out of it, elements that, you know, are comfortable for them, but they're my life. You know, they're, right, right. you know, those, those take, I love the photography, but take the blackness out of it. It's like <laughs> these experiences are kind of baked into what the work is. Mm -hmm. And I think this notion of being able to take something as you, you were describing there with the now defunct edge of Iowa, but that iconography yeah. is, is there because it's what, the Pearl Milling Company or something which is so right. bland um <laughs> but being able to to flip it i think that that is very interesting artists kind of like taking from what's there and mm -hmm. taking whatever feelings were associated whatever hurt was there and, and renewing it and like this is my own spin on it mm -hmm. right right i love doing it because it's to me it's just so much hate out there and i just feel like it's it's uh if i can just make a way to say change around flip it around and even some of the images i've done paintings in the past i've done where i've taken um say groups of folks in in the um uh, uh cotton pickers actually and I, and I flipped them and and put them instead of in a cotton field i put them in a flower field yeah. and they were just you know coming i turn I, I called it uh coming home so they are just coming home from a day out in the garden family and you know, they're moving their way across the field and it's all flowers. And, you know, so I'm like, well, this is so much positive here versus that cotton, you know? So I'm like, yeah. okay, let me, let me change this thing around. I'm not saying not, not to forget where we are past, but just, you know, just get a sense that what if, you know, what if this took place instead of what we, you know, had to endure yeah. for so long. Yeah, that makes sense. So I see and you touched on it. I didn't know this earlier. You touched on it. So you're a master gardener. You also mm -hmm. have a wood practice, right? And you're, you're a painter. Am I missing something else in there? Because, you know, gardening is artistic as well, I think. You know, yes. it, it's a growth process. Uh, yes. So, so what it out of the, and I'm sure there are more than three, but out of the three that, you know, I've kind of gotten through, through this conversation and the research, mm -hmm. what is, what is your favorite medium to work in? Well, my favorite medium is acrylic paint. Um, I, I really, really like to uh, say change, use different colors, vibrant colors. I'm, I'm, I'm like have this love affair with with color, and it's, it comes from my mom, I, I believe, because she was back in the '70s, '60s, '70s. She was always dressing really flamboyantly and really bright colors, and so that's in my DNA. And so when I go into say uh, want to create something, I immediately go to paint and start, you know, pulling the acrylics out and start going to town, you know? So it just, it just, uh, that's the medium I choose. Um, you know, that's my, the first hammer, I would say. And the second <laughs> hammer would be, you know, going to the wood and that's, that's where I started doing the pyrography work and I'm, you know, burning images in the wood and, you know, making some, something out of nothing really is just different images. People don't think about like, oh yeah, I, you know, he did that in wood. I'm like, yeah, I did that in wood. It, it hurts, but you know, <laughs> I took my time and did it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I admire like people who are working in wood. I, I have, I'm looking for it right now in the studio. Mm -hmm. I believe I, I, I sit here somewhere. I'm going to find it. I, I feel like somebody may have moved it, but um, mm -hmm. I have this like, this kind of like wood. Uh, it's not a scope. I, I guess, so 
I, the only way I can really frame it, they the the artist made a scene from an anime that I really like, and they okay. made it into the wood. So it was okay. like part of it was burnt into the wood, but then it's different layers of uh, different pieces of wood that make up this this scene from this anime. And I thought that was really really cool. And mm. you know, I admire people who are painting or drawing in a different way. Um, mm. I think of like. Um, you know, I think it's um, maybe S.P. Frazier that uh, has like a practice that like, oh, this is just drawing, but it's mm-hmm. not using a pen. It's not mm-hmm. using a marker or anything. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting in hearing that or even um, what's his, uh, uh, Michael Booker. He is a he makes quilts, but he draws mm-hmm. them. So they're not a traditional. Mm-hmm. It's not like textile. It's right. he's using a pen. So you're seeing people do something that is generally perceived in one way, mm-hmm. but doing it in a very different way. But still, right. it's the same thing. Right, right. And you're you're moving the the art in a different direction too. You you're like bringing it to say a different level. Yeah. You know, just like just like singers or or artists that are like musicians. You know, it's it's like taking a particular song that everybody's used to hearing. You know, maybe in the past, and they take that same song and they bring it to a different level. Change the the lyrics a little bit, but then you know it's kind of similar or familiar at least when you say, wow, you know, I didn't realize that person can do this or do that, you know? And so, and for me, I I, look, I listen and I say, well, you know, that's that, that artist is taken to a different level, you know, it's just, you know, and just like, you know, with me, art and, art and, and painting and, and things I do, I'm always looking at a, a way, another, another, say, avenue to travel down with that same, um, say, piece of artwork I'm, I'm actually working on at that moment. Yeah, you know, taking the practice to that that next level, and those are the things that are interesting to me. And also, this notion of degree of difficulty. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, you're doing this, and someone may say, "Oh, that's just some." It's like, no, do you, are you really looking at it? Are you really like consuming it? Mm-hmm. So you touched on color, right? So I got to right. ask a question. I just I just put this uh, move this one up a little bit. If mm-hmm. if you're following along at home, uh, so. What are what are three really common colors for you within your palette? And of those colors, what do they represent for you? Like, because I, as I know, there's an association with color meaning this or meaning that. I start thinking of marketing. I start thinking of moods and stuff. You see blue, I mean, oh, I'm sad. Or you see green, I'm envious. So what, what do those mean for you? And what is the most common colors um, in your palette? Well, I for me... The most common colors I, I use are usually on the warmer side. So it could be, it is at least not could be, but is yellows, oranges, reds, uh, or uh, what else? Um, I look at my palette right now, oranges, reds, uh, sometimes greens, depends if it's like a fluorescent green, but normally the, the hotter or the more vibrant ones. And the reason why I choose those because they're more expressive mm-hmm. and I, I feel like that's where I really get a sense of, of um, say, my, my voice is, is is able to come out with those particular colors. And also, um, I, I like to look at color discord. You know, that's 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 the area I like to uh, dance in. That's where you take certain colors and you put them next to each other, and they actually vibrate because they're they're, they're sort of like on that level where they're 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 they're, they're having that relationship where it's kind of uneasy. You know, mm-hmm. like red and green, it's kind of uneasy, um, you know, uh, pink and like, um, I guess like pink and like uh, orange, which is kind of weird, you know, but but I love, you know, playing with those colors, too, because it, it makes you think, well, 
you know, well, at least for when I'm looking at people looking at the art, sometimes I'm I'm looking at them and I'm thinking they don't really know why they're drawn to it, but I know what it is is because they never saw those two colors like that, and it's that 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 uh, it's sort of like a psyche kind of thing. It gets into their minds and and it draws you in, but it's uneasy at the same moment. You're like, well, this is kind of kind of strange, but but I don't know why, but but and I know why is because it's it's those colors talking to you. So. Um, that's where I am with, with colors. I, I pick those colors because they, they really draw me in. It has a, it's more of a, it sometimes it can be spiritual too, because it, it, it calls out to my soul. It calls out to the creator saying to me, this is the colors that we, who you are. And, and getting back to what I said earlier about my mom, you know, that's what she was. She was, you know, is in, in, uh, cause she, she's, uh, doesn't dress up like she used to, but when she was in her prime, yeah. she, she would, she would get down. She would, she would put on <laughs> all of these different colors. And so like, you know, it's sort of like earth when fire, you know, their, their costumes that they get on stage, these colors you look at like, wow, you know, that's, 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 that's like bizarre, but yet <laughs> in the same token, like, man, this is, this is pretty good. You know, I, I can dig that, you know, so that, so that was my mom. She, she would really wear all these different colors and, but it, it was her, her thing, you know, it was it was her her style, and then she also had that beehive hairdo, and you know, it looked like almost like Nefertiti, you know, like you yeah. know, they knew that was that was my mom, you know. They say, oh, that's 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 Miss Green, you know, <laughs> you know, in the hood, you know, walking out there, everything is kind of draw, you know, kind of drab, but here she come, blam, here's all this color, you know, like, wow, here she is, you know, dressed to the nines, you know. Yeah, let me let me bring some color to this whole drab blandness. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so. So tell me about some of your um, your, your biggest uh, artistic influences. And I like to frame this question in, uh-huh. in this way, like there, you know, I think we have influences that are within the mediums that we work in. And then we have right. influence that are kind of outside of that. So uh-huh. who are they in both of those regards? And what do you feel like you learn from them? I have a long list and I chose three of them where... Sure. They're similar, at least I'm similar to them because they've, they've been in the game much longer than me. But um, one is Leroy Campbell. The other is uh, Joseph Holston. And another person is uh, Cynthia St. James. And the reason why I chose those three is because they use a lot of color in their compositions, mm-hmm. just like I do. And they also, another thing that they, they do is they um, they don't like paint faces on their on their objects, it's more like silhouettes. They put the silhouettes in there, like the the form, and it's more like the color is what they are trying to get you to look at. The the images uh, is is interesting, mind you, the story is there, but I think they're also trying to say, well, look at all these different colors. So when I look at those folks, uh, those artists and and their work, they they influence me in such that that I think a lot about what um, I'm doing and, and, you know, what I'm trying to say as well. And it's really interesting the way, you know, those three artists and others I have in my list, but we all have that same kind of conversation going on in, in such a way. And um, so that, that's what influenced me. Um, and I, and I learned a lot from them too, by way of just going on their websites and seeing all the different uh, compositions they have done over the years and, you know, see where they're going because you can start here and you probably know this anyway, but you start here as, in one area as an artist and then you start going into another direction or a different vein because you're starting to grow or you're starting to think about other, um, say, ideas that come to you and you want to say something different. But, you know, that that's what I find, too, which is interesting is they, they have different themes. And, and the main thing is that I notice is that the color is like it's a lot of color 
and you know, and 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 also the silhouettes, you know, that's that's in there. So those are the, the three of the artists that I want to highlight. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah, sure. I think sure. you know, being able to see, you know, like people people get get weird when it comes to the comparison thing, or you know, where influences come from and so on. And mm-hmm. everyone's influenced by someone, and I right. think right. really being able to identify it and and then really be able to look at like, all right, this is why I rock with this particular artist mm-hmm. or this this influence, and this is how my work might differ. I I, I find being able to understand that is much more valuable than trying to avoid those comparisons or even acknowledge that there's an influence there. Right. Right. So I've read that, you know, you have a, you have a collection of um, African inspired paintings, icons, political paintings. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell me about a life experience that y- has helped shape your creative sensibility. One, one experience I had, and it was probably about uh, four years ago. I remember traveling with the family to Spain. And I had no idea when I arrived what I was in for. So I'm thinking as a as a tourist, you go to a new place that yeah. you know you're gonna be accepted and you're gonna be a tourist. You're gonna see things and you'll get a chance to listen to different language and such. But for me, when I arrived, now my wife is biracial and my son's a little lighter um, than me and darker than her. Mm-hmm. And I noticed a different degree of color in our family and how we were t- retreated over there. So for me being dark and also I had a beard at the time, I was treated really, really badly. And mm-hmm. it really it really affected me because I felt like I was back in like, you know, Jim Crow time, you know, and even though I wasn't, uh, say, conscious at that time, um, you know, I was a child of the 60s, but um, late 60s. But, um, you know. It, 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 I can see how those people felt, you know, in this country who went through those times. And and that's, that's the sense I got. And, it, and the way it shaped me was coming back home, it really made me want to do a lot of paintings that will talk about the inequalities that is seen here in this country. And, um, you know, what I see in the world and, you know, like, like George Floyd and all those different things that happened. Um, I really get, it really makes me angry, Yeah. but not to the point where I want to do something crazy, obviously, but you know, my, my sword is, the, is the uh, paintbrush and, and the uh, say the tool I use for burning wood. So I'll pick those up immediately and start thinking. And then, um, you know, I'll come up with compositions that talk about these things. I've done some political um, paintings that is on my website and, you know, it talks about those times and, and the things that happen or and will continue to happen because it's just not, you know, once in a while or it's all over. It's all the time, all the time that, that these things happen in this country. And it really makes me angry. And so when I experienced the uh, inequality over there in, in Spain, it's just total racism. And it just made me think, wow, you know, these people are just, they're not trying to serve me over here. They're not trying to, uh, you know, I was, I was um, in a department store looking for clothing. The, the salesperson didn't want to help me. They were, they were, um, it was like racial profile. They were walking around following me and it was just crazy. And I said, wow, you know, this is just awful. So it really scarred me and this to the point where I, I don't plan to revisit Spain anytime in the future. Um, that was just, you know, happened to me, you know, maybe people, I'm not going to say that other people 
out there haven't had that experience, but they may have or may not have. But I know for me, that's really hurt me to the point where, you know, I said, okay, I'm going to do something about it. Nothing too is, you know, when I paint, I look at these stereotypes, like I say, well, Aunt your mama, for instance, I look at these stereotypes and I, and I think, well, let me go back and look at these blackface images I've seen, you know, on the internet. And let me try to do something with it. instead of these big bright red lips, let me change the face. Yeah. And, 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 and let me change not only the face, but let me take the body or the whole image out of that area, or at least that, that type of a composition and put it in a different composition. And let's take it from there. That's, 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 that's uh, say, have a different conversation, you know, so people can look at what I did with it and they can go back and look at how the actual image, the original image was. They can say, wow, you know, yeah, he, he took it to a different level. And I can, I can see that, you know, and it's funny. When I was at uh, Automatic years ago in uh, Tyson Corner, mm-hmm. we had out there, because it's like a revolving art thing that they haven't done in a while, but last one, uh, well, at least that one in particular in Tyson Corner, I, I did my uh, painting of the, uh, I was telling you earlier about the uh, family in the flower field. And I saw a guy get real close to the painting. Now, this is like a four foot by six foot painting, but he got really close on it. And I walked up on him. I said, hey, um, what do you think? He's like, uh, I, I dig it, man. I really dig it. I said, what would you dig? And he says, I know exactly what you're doing. I said, what do you mean? He said, I know exactly. You don't have to tell me anything. I know exactly what you're doing. <laughs> you, know, he, you know, he said he was really into it. He says, yeah, man, I, I really dig what, what you're doing and what you did here. And uh, I like that conversation that you've got going on there, man. So so some people can get it right away when they yeah. look at it. You know, which I, I really like, you know, so I sat back and said, wow, you know, I'm, I'm on the right track, on the right path here. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 great. And thank you for for sharing that with us, because I think those those experiences that play a role and at times really shape how we approach our creativity and why we might be interested in a, a, a certain a certain angle, right? A certain conversation. Um, you know, I, I can go with, you know, I always say it, you know, this podcast was really born out of this desire of people saying really ill things about Baltimore and about the people who are here and, you know, when to be intentional and say, how about we speak for ourselves? And then, you know, as I extend out a little bit in broadening what this is, I, I, I think that, several cities, several communities kind of have similar stories of being miscategorized and not mm-hmm. being given their their flowers, if you will, for um, their uh, creative output, their contribution to art and culture. And I think, you know, that's the thing that really, if I were to pinpoint it, having these types of conversations and mm-hmm. being a person that rallies and bangs the drum for Baltimore and mm-hmm. then having people like, oh, yeah, you know, it's just drugs and, and murder there. It's like, no, it's not just that, you know, right. and, and, and that's the thing. And, and then when it, you play the, uh, you're in that role when it's race or gender, sexuality, any of these different things that feel like it's a, it's a hit to mm-hmm. you as a person, not even like giving you a fair shake, mm-hmm. that, that's going to have an influence. That's right. That's right. So I agree. I got, I got two more real questions and then, okay. I, then I'm going to hit you with those rapid fire ones. Okay. So, um, what is uh, – t- tell me about the experience working with Fire and Bliss. That's how we became to know each other and uh-huh. when I first became aware of your work. So tell me how that relationship has been and, um, yeah, t- share that with me. Yeah, well, Fire and Bliss uh, – uh, I started with Fire and Bliss maybe about two years ago. And um, 
It's been such a wonderful, wonderful um, experience with them. Um, Jennifer Stapleton uh, is the um, creator of that business. And um, I hired her on as as my manager as well, because I was really impressed with, with how she, uh, say, helps the artists. And she helped me along the way and pointing out, you know, different places to show and things yeah. to think about. And I just had a um, show at my house. It was a garden expo slash art art show, something like that, we called it. And, uh, you know, we invited all the people that we knew and people we didn't know to my house. And I, I had all my, a lot of my paintings on easels out in the garden. So the garden was in full bloom which was wonderful. But the only thing was such a hot day when people showed up anyway, it was, it was <laughs> the hottest days. It's like even before we we have right now, it's like the, the first hot, really hot day of this year. And, you know, people were out there and having a great time. And Jennifer really helped me. Fire and Bliss put together uh, you know, all of my prints um, for a lot of my paintings. I had those uh, printed up uh, beforehand and, and, um, I had them out on the table for folks to purchase along with um, the original paintings. So I did really, really well. I I think I sold like six original paintings and then I sold, um, you know, prints and then I sold, uh, oh, I also had my wood pieces out there. So folks bought my bangles and they bought my, uh, uh, some of the pictures that I have in in the wood. And so I was really, really impressed. So Working with Fire and Bliss has been a blessing. It really has been, and I'm I'm so happy to be a part of of, um, of their group and uh, that they've chosen. And um, I'm also I'm glad to be on that journey with them. You know, it's just it's just been such a a great time, and I look forward to many more say ventures in the future with them because they they are they're a really great group to work with. That's great. That's great. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So here's the last question. Um, I'd be remiss if we don't mention this. And it, it will also fit within the shameless plug section of the podcast after we do these rapid fire ones. But, um, you know, in the next, uh, let's say, a few months, the next two to three months, what do you got coming up? Well, I have coming up will be Black Joy is My Protest. That's going to start August 1st. And that's at Busboys and Poets. I don't know which Busboys and Poets it's going to be in particular. I think it's going out in Columbia, Maryland. But, um, I'm going to be um, showing, I think, about four paintings there. And um, I look forward to being part of that show. And as a woman that, uh, you know, I, I actually a friend of mine uh, turned me on to this uh, show. And, and she's like, I think you should reach out to her and see if, uh, you know, your, your working can fit in there. So sure enough, she was really, really impressed with what my, you know, what I have. And so she decided to, uh, it was, I think it was just one painting in particular. And then all of a sudden I said, you know, the person that, that you know, this painting that is going to be in the show, it actually was sold. <laughs> so, uh, uh, it's be, it, I think that the person is not going to want your, this painting being in your show for that long period of time. Cause I think it's gonna be like, you know, like, I don't know, a couple months or something. So I talked, I reached back out to the uh, owner of the painting and she said, well, you know, if they have to have it there, it'd be great, but I would rather for it be at my house and everything. So then I reached back out to the uh, person for the uh, show and she said, well, you know what, this is what we'll do. You can have, you know, this won't be shown. You can tell a person they can have their painting, but then what we would like to do is have you um, include more of your paintings in there. So I was like, okay, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> so I ended up uh, thinking like three or four more were selected. So that was great. And then, so that's 
that's in August, but then I'm going to also have a one-man show in November, and that's going to be out at the Maryland Cultural and Conference Center in Annapolis. That's a new venue out there, and that's all of my, just just me, just me. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to have all of my, you know, as many paintings I can, say, put in that, that room there that they have for the uh, one-man show. So it's going to be jazz, um, live music. Um, also, it's going to be food. And um, so it's just going to be all about me, all about my painting. So you get to see who, who I am, what I'm about. I'm going to also have my wood in there. So I'm going to have to find a way to you know, get those in there somehow, some way. But that's going to be fun. So that's going to run from uh, November through, from through, no, let's say November to December. Yeah. And then the next one is um, the Quiet Water State Park. That's in October, uh, October 15th through 16th. So I'll be showing a lot of my woodworking there. So it's like a festival there. And um, lastly, it's going to be another busboy, another, um, you know, busboys and poets somewhere uh, was selected there. Now, that's just, you know, the restaurant is selecting artists. They like to support artists. So um, and I don't know exactly. I was actually reached out to Jennifer today to say, OK, where's this? Uh, which busboy and poets? <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. But she did mention that they they do want to uh, display some of my paintings there. So those are the. Um, you know, main areas. And of course, my website, people can go on to www.idomythang.com. <laughs> you know, that's, you can go and see all my, my work there and then you know, join my mailing list, of course, which I would love you to do because, you know, you'd be part of my family and then I can, uh, you know, anytime something new comes out, you'll be the first ones to have a chance to purchase it before it goes out to the general public. So you can be part of my family. So I really appreciate that. But uh, those are the main areas that you can, you know, places you can see me and, and of course, my website. So that's yeah. where I am. It's fantastic. So, um, yeah, I guess we'll wrap on the rapid fire questions here and okay. um, that'll be that. So uh, let's right. see. Rapid fire question. So uh, just just a preface because everyone does it. Uh, it's uh, don't overthink it. You know, it's quickly, you know, whatever pops in your head, you know, that's going to be the answer. It may okay. change, you know, but, okay. you know, that's the answer. Okay. Um, what is your go to karaoke song? It will have to be Earth, Wind and Fire. So I'll say, um, let's see here. Um, I am. OK. Uh, what's your preferred breakfast uh, uh, bread? Um, pancakes, waffles, French toast. Which one are you going with in the morning? Are you messing with me now? <laughs> um, I'll say pancakes. Pancakes are good. Pancakes are good. Mm-hmm. Um, what's a gadget that has changed your life? A lot of people say cell phone, but, you know, if you can go outside a cell phone, that'd be great. But mm. what's a gadget that's changed your life? Gadget has changed my life. Let me think here. Um, oh, wow. I'm not really a gadget person too much, but um, let me think here. Um, uh, gadget, gadget, gadget. Um, I'm just going to throw it out there. This is rapid fire, but it, it's, it was a, it's a room fresh air freshener um, that I just happened to come across. And, you know, it really has, has done wonders for uh, area that I needed to, to, to be there. So, um, so it, it's, it's not life-changing, but, it, but it's, but it's great to have. It, but it's impactful. <laughs> that's, that's what matters. That's what matters. You know, some people are like, look, man, I hate sweeping. Where's that Roomba at? Um, so I got two more for you. Uh, mm-hmm. Street smarts or book smarts? Uh, street smarts. That is still undefeated. Everyone has picked street smarts. I'm so happy about that. Uh, and lastly, this this is a weird one, but it is it, it works. If uh-huh. you could be transformed into an animal for 24 hours, 
Which one would you choose? Are you going to be an animal for 24 hours and you go back to being Jeffrey? Which one do you choose? Which animal do you choose? I would like to be a hawk or a bird of prey. Uh, I like like freedoms uh, and, and able to see a lot of, say, areas and birds i'm always looking at because in my garden i'm looking at the various birds that are there but they're free they can go and you know come and go as they please and you know a bird of prey is a mighty animal and <laughs> it can it can you know it's it's stealthy it's 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 uh beautiful it's free i see them soaring like some of the the uh the hawks in, in this area here is the Cooper's hawk in particular, but in the fall, they're, they're flying you know, above the garden and such. And so that's what I would be for 24 hours. I would be a, a hawk or some kind of a raptor or something, you know, you know they have that type of uh, even bald eagle or something. <laughs> well, that works. That works. That's a, that's a great answer. Um, so there you have it. Um, I want to thank you for being on this podcast. And um, this has been a lot of fun. And uh, I want to invite you again to um, share with the fine folks your 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 social media, your website, where they can check out your work mm-hmm. and stay up to date on those dates. So the floor mm-hmm. is now yours. Please let the fine folks know. Yeah, my website is www.idomythang.com. That's where you can see all of my work. And that's not only just paintings, but my pyrography work, which is the uh, images burnt into wood. So you can see all that bangles and such like that. And um, on there, you will see not only this, the um, say more series, but you also see the, the uh, um, parody type of paintings I have there as well, because I like to play around with that. And so that's my website where I have fun and I, on there, you can join my web mailing list, which I hope you do. So we can have this, you can be part of my family, we can have some fun. And um, so that's that's um, my, my plug, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you have it, folks. I want to again thank Jeffrey Felton Green for coming on to the podcast and hanging out. And um, I'm Rob Lee saying that there's art in and around your community. You just got to look for it. Mm-hmm.